0: All right. Well, he fed me enchiladas and tacos and and uh, rice and beans tonight, so uh, we'll, we should have the fire. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. We're in Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22. We do have the Power of Bible uh, back on the table. It's a computer program you put in your computer and... The Bible comes up, and you can run your mouse over any word, and it'll give you the Hebrew or the Greek, and uh, there's commentary, dictionaries, encyclopedias, everything on this uh, one program. And uh, again, I have $600, $800 programs on my computer, but that's the one I use every day. Shirley uses it, and it's very inexpensive. Uh, So... I invite your attention to that. We do have Men's Voices, uh, uh, 15 songs, uh, All Men's Voices, my wife's favorite CD. Um, We also have these two books on ABCs, in case you don't know your ABCs. No, it's not about that. It's the ABCs of Parenting. So each chapter is another letter of the alphabet. And uh, I'll give you one here, number... Uh, for R is restrain, and each one has a scripture and a challenge at the end, and um, you know, it it explains what restrain could mean in your home. Question, I'm working backward, question, provide, uh, love, motivate, uh, things like that. Uh, Challenge to parents, the things you might not uh, you know just you just need to take a look at again and make sure that you're on target with uh these are a b c character stories now these are character traits that you can teach your children ages four through ten and then and each one is a character trait so uh patience, quietness, readiness, service like that and there's a running story there 's a scripture, a song that goes along with it and then a running story of a family and how they demonstrated that character trait. In the back, all the character traits are listed in the order that they are in the book, ABC, Um, but then there's a Bible character that emulates that character trait, and uh, so take a look at that. Uh, 32 family devotions. The idea is four devotions a week. You already have Sunday night church, Wednesday night church, Probably something else going on on one other night to eat up the time, but you could usually get at least four good devotions in with your family a week times eight. So this is devotions for eight weeks. They're divided down like this, they're outlined for you. Uh, this one says, Sing, uh, Prayer Request, and Prayer, and then read Matthew 6 9 through 13, five verses. And then there's more verses if you have older children and you want to read more. Uh, discussion questions to go along with those verses. So there's three discussion questions uh, to talk it over. And then a manners, uh, an issue of manners to teach your children. There's uh, 32 different manners in here. They're listed in the back. And then sing, uh, sweet hour of prayer, why worry when you can pray and close in prayer. There's a Bible memory uh, in here and question answers to memorize. So it's, it's just uh, great. The, the foreword in the book gives you ideas on having family devotions. Uh, this is by David Cloud on Child Discipline. A very good book. We don't have a better book on our table about that topic. And I invite your attention to that. Uh, back to uh, Brother... Jerry Ross, he wrote 21 Tenets of Biblical Masculinity. We need to teach our young men biblical masculinity. It's lost in America today, I'll tell you. But also The ladies' Femininity, he and his wife co-authored that book, and uh, we re- highly recommend that. Uh, Bill Hardecker's, my son-in-law in the Philippines, And he wrote this book. I I wish he hadn't. I would like to have written this. Disciplines for New Believers. It's an eight-week devotional. And it's taking a new believer through the things they need to know day by day, seven days a week. Uh, And I think it's every Saturday when I was reading it. It's been a while now. But I think on Saturdays, um, I'm not sure about that. Anyway, one day of the week he's going through books and authors and what to watch out for in your buying books and um, authors, men in history. Uh, my background's Pentecostalism, uh, but don't let that fool you. The gifts of the Spirit is um, in the Bible. And we're, as Baptists, we're scared to death of it because of what the Pentecostals have uh, uh, ruined it, they've twisted it, but there is a um, thing of the gifts of the Spirit. When I taught this in our church, people would come back to me and they would say, ah, I understand why that brother is like that and that sister is like that, but we need all of us, don't we? Exactly. We're different gifted, and this book goes through that. Uh, I had one college that asked me to come and teach a block course just on that topic. It's needed in our churches. The prayers of Christ, not what he said and taught about it, but him actually praying. We know that he prayed 20 times in the Scripture, and those 20 times make up the 20 chapters of this book because I need a lot of help in prayer and so do you, I think. And so uh, we learn lessons from hearing Jesus, the master, praying. And finally, the Bible names of Christ. There are 80 Bible names of Christ written by Ivor Powell. And Ivor died uh, probably 40 years ago. And so then when an author's books, when, he, when they die for a while, they don't sell this book has been out of print for, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 years, and I got a hold of the people that, that ha- own the copyright, and I said, are you going to print that anytime soon? No. I said, what about uh, giving me the rights to reprint it? And we negotiated a percent to pay them for every one that we sell, and I just love that book on the Bible names of Christ. Where that's important is your prayer life. You need to learn the Bible names of Christ. If we stopped right now and we don't have time, but we could talk about how many names of Christ that you know. Because his names point to his character, points to his works, points to what we can expect that God would do in any given situation because of his names. Wonderful study. Uh, Take a look at that. We're in Proverbs 22 and verse 6. It's been a pleasure to be with you, and we're not done yet. We've got a couple more messages here, and I pray that they will be helpful for you. I am particularly excited about this message. Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, no matter... What the promise here means, no one can dispute the truth that we as parents have the responsibility before God to train our children. That's the point I want to get across. We have the responsibility to train, not just to have them in our home and pay all the bills and feed them and clothe them uh, but we are to train them. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of God's presence. When the Ark resided in one of God's people's homes, that home was blessed. Once it came to the home of Obed-Edom. You remember that story, don't you? Look at what it says in the Bible in 2 Samuel 6 and verse 9. Verse 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, uh, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Hmm. God blessed the man and his household because he made room for the presence of God in his house. Uh, that's symbolic for what I want to say tonight. But I believe that worked for us. He brought God home with him. And God is interested in dwelling in the heart, that's first, in the home and in the assembly uh, where he is. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. And so he's interested in dwelling in each. We talk about the heart, we talk about the church But sometimes we don't talk about the home in that light. Um, Now, you've set aside these four days to allow God to speak to you. And I believe that you want the blessing of the Lord on your homes like Obed-Edom had in his home. Could I ask you, men, tonight, how long has it been since you have family devotions in your home? Maybe you can't remember that I, I want you I want to give you a booster shot this evening. That could be that your kids are grown. it could be that you're single, it's all kinds of different people in the congregation and there there has to be an application for each person here. You can help somebody else with this truth tonight. but there are some that have children and so, Uh, Tonight, we want to justify family devotions to you again to show you the biblical truth that we need to have family devotions and then put tools in your hands to help you get started in the matter of family devotions. You're not too late to start family devotions. Even if your kids are teenagers, you can still start To have them. In fact, that's a great time to uh, examine and discuss the scriptures with your teenagers. But I recommend to couples that they start when their children are preschoolers. Get them used to dad having family devotions, the family getting together and dad leading in family devotions. In a study of Christian women uh, and their complaints of their husbands, Number one, this is Christian women, of course, was that they did not lead their family in uh, family devotions. They were not uh, spiritually leading in that area. This is the, uh, important for us as men. It's important for our leadership. It's important for our wives. It's certainly important for our children. Family devotions could be also called family altar or family quiet time, uh, it was the greatest tool that God used in our family for our kids to grow up and follow Christ and grow up to be on my team to follow Christ uh, and to keep us all going in the same direction. There was no TV show that we watched that even came close to the spiritual impact that family devotion had on our children, or that paid as rich a a long-lasting dividends to our family as having family devotions. I think I told you Sunday that our kids, we got together and we said, what was it growing up that, that had the most effect upon you for Christ in our family? And they said, number one, family devotions, Number two, sing-alongs. They loved our old-fashioned sing-alongs. We had a notebook. We put a whole bunch of songs in it that we liked, and we, Heidi made the copies. Heidi put them in notebooks, passed them out uh, on sing-along night, and we would just sing the songs. They would pick out the songs. We just had fun. It was, it was uh, uh, second nature for us and I encourage you in these things now, in family devotions. So let's pray, and then I want to preach on bring God home with family devotions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ now, thank you for our times together this week. They've been so sweet. Lord, the word of God's been rich. There's been tender hearts, decisions made, and I pray, oh God, that again tonight. That you would allow us not to go in with a resistance when the word of God is preached, but to go into the the preaching with a tenderness, a willingness for you to teach us something and for us to follow through. I pray for your power now in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, the Bible commands to follow, to fathers. Bible commands to fathers. Go to Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19. Abraham gathered his children and commanded them after him. He commanded them. That's what the Bible says. Genesis 18, 19. While you're going there, I'll wet my whistle. For I know him, verse 19 that he will command his children and his household after him. This is God talking about Abraham. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. God had confidence in Abraham because he trained his children. He trained his children. I like that. God knew that his children would follow uh, what Abraham did and uh, follow God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6. God commanded the fathers in Israel about this same thing. It says in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That's why we preached on the heart on Sunday. And then thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Or in other words, it ought to just be natural for you in your home to talk about the things that God has taught you that are in your heart. This ought to come natural, and it doesn't seem to. There is a uh, inhibition that we have to get over. Um, we still believe in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not. Well here's a thou shalt that we need to believe in. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. We could haphazardly hazardly train our children, couldn't we? But we don't have hazardly tithe. Thank God we don't have hazardly tithe. It's systematic. Uh, we don't have hazardly witness. We have church visitation, and we ought to go out on that and um, whatever the church is doing at that time. We don't have hazardly eat. Well, we do, but we also have regular times of eating and gaining nutrition. Uh, we don't have hazardly attend church, thank God, There's a faithfulness. We have times that we meet and we're here. I'm looking at some of the same people every night and every day that's been here. That's wonderful. We don't haphazardly give to missions because the missionaries can't haphazardly operate if we don't give. And we don't haphazardly serve. If we have an obligation in the church, we're committed to it and we do it. Well, we have a faithfulness problem when we rely on being spontaneous. Hello, We have a faithfulness problem when we rely on being spontaneous. I'll just do that. I'll just do it spontaneously. No, you won't you need a time set to do it. I do too. That's how we are. I'm not against talking about the Lord spontaneously. But as a fail-safe, we need regularly appointed visitation times uh, to tell others about the Lord lest we forget. And it's just a matter of discipline and faithfulness. Sometimes children need to hear from their father what God has commanded them to do. Family devotions provides the perfect forum for you to do that. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 46 Deuteronomy 32:46 And he said unto them set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law Hey dad that's your job that's your assignment Thank God for Sunday school teachers. I thank God for what the Sunday school teachers poured into our children and for our youth workers and youth leaders and Christian school teachers. But it all starts with dad, and it all starts in the home. It's our responsibility. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Remember what Paul commanded fathers. This is in the New Testament now. And ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, which is talking about training, training again. Nurture and admonition are training. Fathers are to train. It's not enough to make sure that they are faithful to church. They need to be trained. So first we see the commands to fathers in the Bible. Now, secondly, we want to look at an example of family devotions in the Bible. Turn to Proverbs chapter four and verse three. The Bible tells us of one father who trained his son. One father who trained his, his son. Four, three says, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught Me, do you see that? Who's he? Dad, my father. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. So Solomon, his father David, taught him. This works so well that Solomon became the wisest man on the earth. Why? I believe it's because dad taught him the scriptures. And scriptures make us wise. So uh, you can teach your children God's wisdom. Fathers, you have a golden opportunity, uh, whether you uh, do it or not, and a responsibility before God. Don't squander that opportunity. Nothing you are doing can have such a long-lasting impact on your children and on your family as implementing family devotions. I'm so excited because my son, now his kids are grown, they're in college, but when he was raising them, he had family devotions with them regularly. I don't think it's a mistake that they want to do the will of God in their lives. Their heart is turned toward God because Dad taught them. To me, that's exciting. I I get excited. Bill Hardecker has devotions with his boys, and I love it. They share with me the things that they're learning or things that they're teaching their sons and, and family devotions. I wonder how your children will train your grandchildren unless you show them how. It's important that we train them. And we become the model. You know, Dad did this. I know I can do it. This is what I'm used to. This is what works. This is uh, godly. And I'm going to do it with my family now. And then their kids say, I'm going to do it with my family. If we do it right, that's the tr- the the. A propulsion of what ought to happen. You know, children, as they're learning the Bible, they misunderstand and they, st- they say some funny things. If you're not sitting down with them and having family devotions, you're going to miss some of those things. Uh, one boy said, well, Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat were thrown into the fire. <laughs> Or And boy, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to miss that in my family if, if one of my kids said that. Or Joshua led the Hebrews into the Battle, battle of Jericho. Well, sometimes need think I need the Geritol. Uh, Noah's wife was called Joan of Arc. Uh, another another young, young man got it kind of mixed up. And they were studying it. And he said, well, the epistles were the wives of the apostles. (laughs) When you have family devotions, you're going to get all kinds of answers to things. And it can be fulfilling. It can be uniting. It can be humorous. It can be your family together around the word of God. Very special time. Now... Uh, number three, we have the command, we have an example. Now, next look at the content of family devotions. The content. We're in Proverbs chapter four, which is where he talked about his father training him. And he must have learned some things from his father because this book, this chapter, is packed with a scope and sequence For family devotions, chapter 4, Proverbs. From even a brief study of what Solomon taught his son, we can see what fathers ought to be teaching their children. First of all, in verse 11, look at it. We ought to seek God's wisdom from his word. Look at verse 11. And I, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. And of course, all throughout, we're talking about teaching the word of God. Uh, Secondly, verse 14, control who your friends are. This is one of the things we need to teach our children. They need to know who their friends are and don't make bad friends. By the way, I think some adults need to learn the same thing. Truth is, I think some preachers are running with some wrong people. But... uh, Verse 14, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. This is part of what he trained his children in. Study who is the wrong crowd. Uh, Study with them who is the right crowd and allow them to see what can happen if they get mixed up in a, a wrong group. Then... Uh, Proverbs four twenty three. Teach them to control and protect their heart. We talked about this Sunday morning. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Look up the word heart in the Bible and point out there. There's right kind of heart and wrong kinds of hearts in the Bible. It tells us about all kinds of hearts. Look them up. Share those with your kids. Spend a week on that, or two weeks if you need to. You've got 18 years. So take your time and train them in some of these things. Uh, Teach them to control their tongue. Verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. So... This is a great instruction for your children. Uh, Look up these verses on tongue, on lip, on mouth or lips, uh, mouth, words. You can get a lot of verses in the Bible on that, and it'll be instructive for you as a parent, as a a father. But it'll really help your children. So teach them to control their heart. Teach them uh, to control their tongue. Verse 25. What are we supposed to control? Our what? Our eyes. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. So this is gonna be a problem for your children, uh, but you can help them with this area of eyes. Job was the first book in the the Old Testament, first book of the Bible written, we believe. He He lived about the time of Abraham, but Job had a problem with his eyes until he made a covenant. And so all the way back in the very beginning, man has had trouble with his eyes. I made a covenant with mine eyes, Job said. Why then should I look, think upon a maid? And so... Um, teach them to control their feet in verses 26 and 27. Uh, This is a a whole battery of things that you can train your children in. Ponder the path of your feet uh, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Explain where they are to go and where they shouldn't go and teach them to watch where they walk Uh, Use illustrations about watching where they physically walk and what can happen if there's a rake on the ground and you whoops, oh, you know, you step on a rake. You've got to watch where you're going. Uh, At nighttime, you're in the woods. Be a good idea to have a flashlight and uh, to follow the right pathway, not walk into a tree. And so use some illustrations and teach them how to walk and where to walk. And Proverbs just keeps on going with content of topics to teach your children for them to acquire God's wisdom in every area of their life. Gentlemen, don't leave all the teaching of your children to everybody else. It's fun to teach your own children. More importantly, it's a responsibility that God commanded. Don't leave it all to the church. Don't leave it all to your wife. Let your children hear you teaching them the truth first. You teach them. When that occurs, when they face tough situations in life, they won't be seeking answers in other places and from other people. They'll come right to you. Our kids went away to college, but they were calling us every week, sometimes several nights. They were checking in things would come up in the dorm speak, and they uh, they would call and say, Dad, I know that you taught us on this, but I just can't remember the verses. Oh, uh, let me share those with you. And it was a great delight and joy that I could help them work their way through that, and then they would be able to, in turn, do the same thing with others there in the dorm. So, um, uh, Start now, and if your children aren't graduated, it's not too late. Have devotions. Now, next, I want to give you 10 reasons to have family devotions, and we have a handout somewhere. Here it is. And I'm going to need some young men, a couple of young men. Somebody already volunteered. You volunteered earlier And I need two young men on this side because there's a lot more people. I want you to go this side. And two, okay, one, two. Right, you guys come down and give one to him. You take one side and you take this side of the middle. All right? Very good. Thank you, guys. When you get your copy, I want you to fold it like a little booklet so that the 10 Reasons are on the cover of the book. And then from there, we'll have other things when I get to it, and it will open up like that. So fold your copy so that the 10 Reasons is on the outside. I'm going to start. You can follow along as soon as you get your copy. Ten reasons for having family devotions. One is to provide a time for family communication with God. Prayer and Bible. Once again, prayer is us talking to God. The Bible is God talking to us. That's communication. And so it provides that time. Number two, to quench That spiritual thirst in each family member's soul, a spiritual thirst, an emphasis on God and his word and what he says. Number three, everybody got their copy now? All right. Very good. Thank you, fellas. You can give me the rest of them at the end of the service. Number three, to provide the basis for Uh, Personal growth. Children see the importance of seeking God firsthand at home with their parents. Number four, to provide a safeguard against carnality. Family devotions gives you, as a parent, the forum to address things and issues that you see in your children's lives or before it happens. For example, Chris told me of a situation where uh, one of the kids had told a lie All right, well, they have family devotions every night. So uh, Chris just shifted gears, and for a week they they studied what the Bible said about lying and truth. Well, a perfect forum for that to happen. They can see the truth of the scriptures. It's normal, it's natural for us to talk about God's word. You can head off problems before they happen from what you challenge them with in family devotions. Number five, provide insight for daily living. God's word is amazing. It is timeless, amen. God will use it supernaturally to warn and instruct your children without you even knowing it at the time. Imagine what they can gain in a course of a year. If you had family devotions four days a week, for 52 weeks, 208 devotions, imagine what you could teach them. Uh, What about if you did it for five years? That's over a 1,000 lessons from Dad. What if you did it for 15 years? That's over 3,000 lessons, you see. And it multiplies. And by the way, when they are up and out you're going to be very limited in those times. It's just about over. If you're going to do the training, you got to do them while they're in the home. Imagine what they can gain uh, in 15 years, 3,000 lessons. If God's word will not return void, and it won't, you can't go wrong by investing the word of God into your children. I'm not talking about something tonight that's, gonna hurt your children, this is gonna help. And God said that it would, and God said that it should. Number six, to prevent misdirected faith. So they will learn to stick to the Bible because you're gonna go to the Bible for all the answers. And it prevents wacky ideas. Don't get your theology and beliefs from books, the internet, chat rooms, emails, your best friend TV, CDs, family devotions directs the children back to the word of God, back to the word of God for their answers. And they're learning God's word and they're feeling more confident about what God is saying in the Bible. They may learn to think biblically. Amen, I like that thought. Sometimes children will have a question that's on their mind and they may share it with you an hour or two before devotions. And that's important to them right then. it's This is critical. So you may set your devotions aside. You have that flexibility. And you just deal with their question. That is a, a homemade recipe for a dad to train their children. Um, couldn't be more practical. I remember studying some topic with our children. And they were... Getting a little older, each of us took a chapter in Proverbs and had to try to find something in it that dealt with this topic. So I had I defined the topic that I gave them each a chapter that I'd already looked ahead and saw there was something about that topic in that chapter. And now we just stopped and they spent time looking at it for, you know, five, ten minutes, and then we all got back together and each one of them shared what they learned in that chapter about that topic. Amen. That's them digging it out for themselves. When we were done, we shared what we found. Don't let the Sunday school teachers and junior church workers and master club workers and, and uh, team workers have all the fun and joy of training your children. It is a, uh, something that I miss. Psalm 119 and verse 81. Go there, please. Psalm 119, verse 81. Provide regular comfort and encouragement. This is another purpose. Uh, My soul fainted for thy salvation, but I hoped in thy word. Romans 15, four says, and whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So where is our hope? Where can we find comfort? We want to train our children that we don't find comfort in friends and TV and recluse and uh, sleep and pills and partying and drinking. We find our comfort in the scriptures. If you have a loss of hope, you can find hope in the Scriptures. And so we need to teach our children this wonderful truth at the very moment that they, or you in the family, you as a family, need it. Family devotions prepares us to share our faith. The more that we spend time with God and His Word, the more familiar we are with it, the more confidence we'll have to share it with others. And our mind becomes God-trained and will think in terms of Bible principles and Bible truths. It becomes natural for them then to talk about their faith. The number one reason people don't share their faith is because they don't feel like they know the Bible well enough. Well, if your children are getting a 1,000 uh, lessons every three years, uh, yeah, uh, five years, I think that uh, they're going to get confident in what they know in the Bible. First Peter chapter three and verse fifteen. Family devotions helps our children not to have a problem with obeying. First Peter three fifteen, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to have an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So that will help them to be ready to give an answer. Family devotions, number nine, gives us our daily marching orders. Here's a great thought. We have to meet with the Lord to find out what he wants us to concentrate on in our lives uh, on that day. Children are too often too immature to know what they need to concentrate on. Just as you don't leave driving a car to the children, you don't uh you you need to steer their spiritual training in the home with family devotions too. Deuteronomy 527. Deuteronomy 527, if you're taking notes, uh that may be in your notes. That is in your notes. Go thou near and hear all that the Lord our God shall say and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee and we will hear it and do it. The children of Israel told Moses, their leader, uh, this. And parents, you are the leaders of your nation, your children. And so they need to hear it uh, from the leader in family altar and then they can get their marching orders from the Lord. Number 10, family devotion shows our respect for the author of the Bible. When, we, when I read a, any book, I am showing respect to that author. I'm reading a book right now. I was telling your pastor from Bruce Lackey who's written several books on our book table, but it's on repentance. What a powerful book. 32 pages, but it is dynamite and I value his writings. But as I sit before my children in family devotions and read the Bible time after time, I was showing my children my respect for the authority of God's word. Man, that's important. Children need to see, Daddy has respect for God's word. This is important to Dad, and it should be important to me. So... The Bible is God's word and God should be respected in our homes. Not my centering of the Bible just perfectly on the, the uh, table, the coffee table, but by opening it regularly. Family devotions is an affirmation that God is supreme and even the head of the home can't make it without him and without the Bible. All right. Number five, the agenda for family devotions. The agenda for family devotions. This is our last point tonight. What do we do in family devotions? Before you begin, go to your wife and tell her that the Lord has prompted you to begin again, restart maybe family devotions, or if you never had them, to start family devotions. The first, you have to set the time. We're trying to be very practical here. Set a time that is best for the family, and she can help you with that. Usually in the morning before Dad goes to work, that might be the best time, or just before supper, or just after supper. We did that a lot. Or just before de- bedtime, that's when Chris did it in his family. I'm not sure about Bill, but... Um, then, so set a time, uh, work with your wife on that, set a time, and then keep it simple. I'm talking about Bible reading, but not 35 or 135 verses. Good night. You're going to bore everybody. You're going to put them all to sleep, um, especially for the little ones. Remember, the little ones have a much shorter attention span than uh, some teenagers. Although, um, So it should have Bible reading and then teach or discuss. And again, not a 40-minute message. We're talking about quips, uh, quick points. And again, younger kids can take two or three, four minutes and teenagers still, uh, 10 minutes would be a lot. Uh, on some nights. And then number three, prayer. Bible reading, teacher discuss, and prayer. Again, not an hour prayer meeting. We have a guy in our church. God bless him. He's just, he's a delightful uh, man. He's probably 85 today. When his kids were young, five kids, always gone to our church. Yeah, family devotions with him. Hour and a half. Maybe an hour and 45 minutes a night. He lost all but one of his kids. That is, they didn't follow in his steps um, to be in church. And most of them don't even go to church. One is very faithful. But... That's not how we want to do it. Um, we usually had each child choose two to three needs to pray about, or I would assign each child two, two needs to pray about. So right now, Shirley's sister is, uh, had a biopsy today, and she's in the hospital, 60 years old, very healthy, just a picture of health, and all of a sudden, renal failure out of nowhere, these things just baffle us. And so I would say to one of the, the kids, if they, we had family devotions today, honey, why don't you uh, pray for uh, Aunt Shelley, and pray for her about that biopsy. And then we go around. Uh, I want you to pray for uh, Uncle Myron. They just gave him a really bad report last week. And you pray for him. Uh, Also pray for so-and-so that we witness to. Uh, We just witnessed, uh, Shirley and I just witnessed to two men on visitation, and we're able to give them the gospel at the door. They have not received Christ yet, but they are wide open. And so, uh, Chris, why don't you pray for, and I would give the name, and and Heidi, you pray for this one, give the name. Something like that. And we just uh, divvy out prayer requests about that. Now look at your handout on the inside now. We're on the inside. Here's some practical ideas for your family devotions. Um, I like this. Start with your children picking a favorite song to sing. So we would get our children involved they know songs and they would pick a song, we'd sing one verse of a song. Now I know that we sang every verse of the songs here, but we're not having a church service at home. We just have we're having family devotions, so we sing one verse of the song, usually. Uh, then sometimes we would use an object lesson. I would, as a father, training my children, sometimes. Sometimes I wouldn't do anything back to back, or uh, become in a rut on anything. But these are ideas to to you know shake things up and keep it a variety. Uh, read a Christian biography. So uh, we'd take a, a biography maybe and break it into several uh, pages, a couple of pages a night, and end it with. I wonder if he's going to get saved tomorrow night. Keep him on the edge uh, of the the story as you're going through it. Role-play training scenarios. So we would train them in answering the phone properly. And then I would go up and I would do it, and then I'd have each one of the children do it the right way. And we would train them in those things. We would train them in uh, opening the door and letting a lady go through in front of you or um, just different things. Uh, They're all in the book on 32 family devotions, Uh, a good start on them anyway. Then um, write a thank you and reinforce that thankful spirit. So I would have a a three-minute lesson on being thankful, two or three verses on gratitude And then tonight our project is each of us is going to write a thank you to somebody in the church. Who are you thankful for? I go around, Chris, who are you thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for Charlie Burns. Charlie's the oldest member in our church and I really appreciate how he mows the yard and he's so faithful. I said, all right, you write a thank you to Charlie. Uh, Heidi, and then we go around. Everybody pick somebody and take time to write a thank you. Um, Write a missionary together. So we would write pick somebody maybe with some kids and I, Shirley and I write the mom and dad and the children write the children. These are all practical and you can find verses where they communicated with the missionaries and the missionaries with them in the New Testament and just things like that. And so um, there's a whole list of ideas not to do every night I'm not talking about you do all these things every night. I'm talking about shake it up and have a have a variety to it. Then look on the right-hand side. Here's a very simple plan that you can run a copy of, and uh, you as a dad have to plan what you're going to do. All right. So for Monday, here's write down the verses that God gives you and the topic. If there is an activity that you're going to do, like write a missionary or write a thank you, uh, write the activity in there. The prayer, any prayer focus, special prayer focus, and any particular song that comes to your mind, or just leave it up to the kids to pick the songs, and do that. Plan your week out. Now, I wouldn't, I never did it six nights a week. Uh, some will criticize me for that. I just didn't do it. We already had church, and we had uh, things going on, so we had four. Pick four, four nights maybe. Um, there may be days or nights that you can't because of your schedule. And if I can't, I, if something happened where we all had the flu and nobody could do it that week, I didn't beat myself up for that as a dad. I just got right back to it as, just as soon as I could. And that's, that's how we did it. Now, gentlemen, you could write off this challenge, but then why have a family conference? Think about how crazy that is. If we're going to have a family conference, we need to hear what God's given the pastor, what God's given the guest speaker, and we need to take it under uh, very close advisement and yield ourselves to it. I can challenge, or I challenge you to take the lead in your home spiritually, and I know that You're good providers for your home, and you love the Lord, and you're faithful. This is a Tuesday night, and you're here. But don't leave the Bible training to your wife. It can be awkward, yes. It can be awkward at first, but everything is awkward at first. I remember the first time I got behind the wheel of a car. It was awkward. And it's going to be awkward till you do it a few times, right? So jump in and do it. Seeing the command, be willing to obey the command. It is manly to show children that men can lead in biblical matters. That's manly. Read the material that I've given you and ask the Lord to help you to do something about it to get your family devotions back on track uh, if you have children. We have resources on the book table that can help you as well. Let's bow for prayer. Thank you for your attention to the word of God. And see the command and be convicted. We can do this. You wouldn't command us to do something we can't do. We can't make the excuse that I'm not made that way, I'm not gifted in that area. You gave the command to fathers. I pray in Jesus' name that fathers would be responsive and that fathers would say this is going to be true in our family. We are going to do this. In Jesus' name, do the work, Lord, here tonight by your spirit in thy name. The altar is open. I invite you to come.